and off his box a box of chocolates would I know to stay away oh, I said hand off his box a box of chocolates would I eat them anyway cause every time I have half a mind to leave you It's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. How's it going? This is Mike. Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food and culture, and wait here, there's culture in my basket. Now, this is the first Pandora's Lunchbox of spring. What do you mean it's not the first day of spring? Just work with me here. I'm trying to get spring to actually have some good weather. Okay, it's the first day of spring. Yeah, we're going to get some spring weather now. Oh, it actually is kind of nice outside. The melting snow notwithstanding. We're going to have some nice spring weather coming up, promise, really. We're going to try to get the music to induce that. And in the meantime, we have this message for Mother Nature. This is Parliament. No, actually, it's the parliaments when they were plural. Then they became singular. You know how it is. This is I Can Feel the Ice Melting. What do you mean you're fading out right there? This is that's no time to fade out. It's just getting really pretty with the whole raising of the note there. Half a note was it a half a step or a whole step? Anyway, uh, 
Well, that's beautiful. That's the parliaments, and I can feel the, feel the ice melting. That's George Clinton's group, and that CD <laughs> is, is in vinyl. That vinyl 45 thing came out in the late 60s. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food and culture. And we have some news today, in fact, about a place that means a lot to me. The Ypsilanti Freight House has received funding or will receive funding from the Federal Stimulus Stuff. That's the official name, FSS, Federal Stimulus Stuff to reopen and be renovated. The Ypsilanti Freight House is a place that's been around since 1878. It actually was a freight house. And in about 19, the 1950s, it actually stopped being a freight house. Then it was a place to store furniture. But the city took over. The city of Ypsilanti took over in about 1980. And at that time, it became a place for a farmer's market and a venue for live music. So the Ypsilanti Freight House Chugged along for a while there, and I saw some wonderful people playing some awesome music there, some real live country music with no drums usually, folks like Country Ken Croft and Cousin Linda and people like that. And in fact, I saw a sideman for Little Jimmy Dickens play there a couple of times with his steel guitar. But as it turned out, there apparently were some issues with code as far as safety in the old building. There was there were renovations to be done. And so it was rather abruptly closed in 2004. But it turns out that a half a million dollars in federal recovery money is going to go toward restoring the historic Ypsilanti Freight House. And I've been to wedding receptions there. I've seen George Bedard and the Kingpins there. Hopefully it'll be up and running in not too long, although I guess a half a million dollars is probably a lot of money to spend and takes a while to put together. But there's been a long, long effort to get money towards it, and it's happening. So I'm excited about that. And I have an old recording I made right around 2000, 2001-ish, definitely 21st century, but you wouldn't necessarily know it from being in the freight house, which was a good thing. I talked to an old friend named Anne and a buddy of hers about uh, roosters and other philosophical issues there. And it's not exactly chickens and ducks, but we're going to get into that sort of Easter chicken and duck vibe pretty soon. In the meantime, roosters, this is us at the Ypsilanti Freight House chatting about roosters and the meaning of life and fertility and things like that. Crowd's a little bit loud. That's the way it is, but have a seat. Every time, up, when they were All growing the up. As long as you had them, they were together. As long as you had them. <laughs> Birds of a feather. Huh? Birds of a feather, right? Yeah. Roosters were, of a feather. Yeah, there's brothers. She always thought maybe there's twins. Mom had these two roosters. And every time one of them got off, they always together. And every time one of them hopped a hen, when he got off, the other one got on. Always right there. She laid there waiting, you know. <laughs> if you don't use it, keep it anyway. Hey, that's the truth. It is the truth about the rooster. It is. I mean, and they never fought. They always stayed together. She always wondered if they had the same egg or something. Because, you know, chickens hatch and they do this and that and the other. But them two roosters always stayed together. Always. And that's the truth, and I didn't make that up. I ain't got sense enough. <laughs> I remember when I was a young girl back in living back in Kentucky. Those are good, fond memories. Um, I remember, you know, going and uh, gathering eggs from my mom and. And I remember, too, as my niece was, there's only about just about seven or eight years between us, and, and I would go up to uh, visit, you know, and 
And uh, there, while I was up there, there was just one particular day, uh, my little niece was out in the yard playing. And here come this old big rooster, so white, white rock. He jumped up on her head and stuck his claws in her head. And I'm telling you, that was an, that was an experience that I will never forget. Once there was a girl and she was right from the sticks. Thought she'd go out to the market one day. And hey, we could save the town. She was the toast, really the most. We don't want to boast, but scabs of blast would all surround the city. Sick as sure what hound she walked in the marketplace? What did she see? Crew cut and cute with a crazy goatee. What a blend. He was the end, selling beans. Dressed in his jeans, what a buy she. I got beans out of bargain, little girl. Won't you step right up? Cast your eyes upon me where you will have no other care to be. No other worry there if you see the crazy pair. You'll have when they clean and cook the crazy on the table. I got a fresh this very morning from the backyard and I picked them all myself. I hoped you would come along and buy some beans because well, what I'm trying to say is they taste so good. They taste so very, very, very good. Take advantage of a bargain, come on and buy some. We got string beans, snap beans, lima beans. We got the very kind of beans that I would like to put right in your fresh burger. Pretty baby, don't you see what I mean? They're the finest of beans, coolest of beans. They're the best beans that you could find in this or any other marketplace. What are you trying to prove with all your talk of beans? Yes, I know that they look crazy. But they're just beans, only beans they will have to go because of something you should know. That though I think the beans are great, well you can leave them off my plate because not my favorite dish. Hey, let me say I am not the guy who's supposed to sell beans. It's a means to. Straight from New York to around the country with Wardell Gray. And hey, we could just say of the drums, he was the toast, relief the most. We don't want to boast, but all the crazy chicks were down him, all the crazy bands were down him. Then one day he met the one that made his head whirl. He met and married the same little girl. What a blend. They are the end, they're real cool. House with a fool, crazy scenes blend. That's pretty much a safe bet. Blame it on the beans. You know, caught with her hand in the till, blame it on the beans. I can't go on. I really can't. But that was Annie Ross from Lambert, Hendricks, and Ross doing a wonderful solo bit called Farmer's Market from her album Twisted. And that's what we are. This is Pandora's Lunchbox celebrating the Farmer's Market that will be returning soon to the adjacent to the Ypsilanti Freight House in Ypsilanti. Uh, the Farmer's Market has had a Tuesday market right on Michigan Avenue and one in front of the Freight House. But now that the Freight House is getting funding to be renovated, it may be someday, hopefully soon, that the fr- Farmer's Market will be able to be partially inside and outside the Freight House. The funding from the National Funding Recovery Act, or whatever the technical term is for it, the National Recovery Stimulus Funding Recovery Stimulus Act, I think is the official name, 
Apparently, half a million dollars is going to go to the Ypsilanti Freight House to be restored. So hopefully we'll have people like George Bedard and the Kingpins playing there again on New Year's Eve and other such events. We'll see what happens. We'll keep you posted. So Easter's coming up. Yes, it is. And there's some very interesting Easter-oriented stuff that I need to share with you. That's why you hear the papers being shuffled, because this is all improvisational and not on pieces of paper. Now, recently I went to Copernicus Deli, which is in the South Main Market, and actually I go there for a month to get the soup called Jurek, that's spelled Z-U-R-E-K, and it's a soup that is popular in Poland, especially at Easter, but nevertheless all year long also. It's sometimes called yesterday's menu soup, according to polandforall.com, and one master chef at the Orbis Hotels group said, Jurek brings back to life the elementary canal after last night's abuse caused by liquor. I'm not necessarily recommending that you try that before you have Jurek, but you can have Jurek on its own, as a matter of fact. It's a soup that has a number of different permutations throughout Poland, and the Copernicus Deli sells a delicious Jurek, I should say. It has cut up uh, hard-boiled eggs and some sausage and a sausage, sausage broth and some spices. It's a hearty thing and very popular at Easter. Though it says here on PolandForAll.com, the Lenten Jurek is a very plain soup served with a minimum of basic ingredients. But when the fasting is done, Jurek becomes a rich soup, generously supplemented with cook's special reserves of sausage, hard-boiled eggs, and other items. This one, mentioning spare ribs and bacon cracklings, uh, and it looks like there's uh, the master chef of the Orbis Hotel Group I mentioned earlier, adds horseradish, sour cream, a few cloves of garlic, finely cut mushroom, sliced white sausage. And there are a number of different ways you can make it. You can find out about what it tastes like at the Copernicus Deli, where they also had recently something that I hadn't seen in a long time, something I would call somewhat old school, but cool, nonetheless, cool old school. This would be the the lamb, the butter lamb, a, a, a stick of butter shaped exactly like a lamb. And I found some very interesting information about the butter lamb, as a matter of fact, hence the rustling of the Easter paper, another tradition on Pandora's Lunchbox. The Pasco lamb, as it's called, this, according to Wikipedia, there are a number of traditions involving a butter lamb, which is based on the Pascal lamb. It says here in Wikipedia, the Pascal lamb is the sacrifice that the Torah mandates to be bought on the eve of Passover and eaten on the first night of the holiday with bitter herbs and matzo. According to the Torah, it was first offered on the night of the Israelites' exodus from Egypt. And Passover begins this evening. Meanwhile, there's a website called cyber-church.com, which says that the Paschal Lamb is an ancient symbol of Christ, represented as the Lamb of Sacrifice whose blood redeemed all people. The symbol is seen most often at Eastern time. Easter time. The image is taken from the book of Revelation. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches, wisdom and strength, honor and glory and praise. All that for a stick of butter. You can get a butter lamb, as a matter of fact, at Copernicus Deli. And as a matter of fact, if you look around you, there are... Ducks, geese, lambs, they're everywhere in the sky if you look around there. I'm not sure what I'm, where I'm going with this, but one other place I looked was to find a recipe for Pascal lamb. If you look in a search engine under the words Eclectic Recipes Pascal Lamb, spelled P-A-S-C-A-L, you'll find this. It says here, Pascal lamb signifies the end of winter privation and a new year of indulgence. 
Mm. This dish combines, combines saffron and exotic ginger with nuts and honey, foods from the promised land and beyond. It brings to mind spring sacrifices and pagan rituals, death, rebirth, and excess. A lot of different meanings to the same thing. You can look up the recipe yourself. It's, if you type into a search engine, Eclectic Recipes, Pascal Lamb, again, P-A-S-C-A-L. But the ingredients include a walnut-sized lump of fresh ginger, bruised. I'm not sure how you properly bruise ginger, but it's something you need to do, apparently. Two pinches of saffron, two small onions per person. Isn't that a song by Jan Indeed? No, 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 no. A handful of raisins, a half a teaspoon of mace or nutmeg. Nutmeg preferred, I think. A spoonful of honey, two-inch cinnamon stick, so many other things. And actually, I believe lamb is involved in that, too. But this is the Pascal lamb. You can look up the recipe for that on the web. As I was saying, hallucinogenically, hallucinogenically, lambs and ducks and geese. And you know what you need to do is take this fellow's advice. This is Swamp Dog.
And as you go on with your day, remember to eat the goose before the goose eats you. You know how good that feels to say? I mean, you say it now. You come out and say it. Eat the goose before the goose eats you. (sighs) That's great. That was Swamp Dog, spelled crucially with two G's in the name Dog, from his album The Best of Swamp Dog, which has one of the best album covers in the history of art. The album cover, the full title actually is called, the full title of the album is Best of 13 Prime Wieners, Everything on It. It's got a picture of... Swamp Dog lying down inside of a hot dog. It must be quite a big hot dog or else he's very small. But the hot dog has important things on it. It actually looks like a wheat bun. So that's that's very crucial. We're all for wheat here. A wheat bun with a hot dog. I guess he's the hot dog. It's just hard to explain. Also, we have ketchup and mustard and chopped up onions. And on the side, a pepper. Looks like he's been eating that directly. So... I don't know if you're one of those people who can eat those things directly. I can't, really. It's it's one of those things. Anyway, Easter is coming up. I wanted to also share with you something from home.aristotle.net. Easter got its name from Ostara, the Anglo-Saxon goddess of fertility and rebirth. That's Easter Ostara. Hmm. European tribes celebrated the beginning of spring at the vernal equinox, when day and night are equal in length, by blessing seeds for growth and placing colored eggs on an altar. They believed that this ceremony would bring them fertility for the upcoming year. Christian missionaries noticed that this pagan celebration took place around the time of the resurrection of Christ, so they adopted Easter as a Christian holiday to increase conversions to Christianity. Fast forward now to 2009 to Australia. How's that for transition? Australians have often questioned the suitability of the Easter bunny for their nation. I don't know that the Easter bunny had a had its own book in the Bible, but in Australia, rabbits are a major environmental problem, and in most states, it's illegal to own one. Magicians and some educational institutions have them. This is great, although they have to go through major red tape to be able to keep them. In recent years, the bilby the bilby has been put forward as the new Eastern Easter symbol for Australia. The bilby is a native Australian animal that has recently become endangered. The bilby is a small rodent with a long nose. However, it shares one feature with the rabbit, long ears. There have even been ceremonies in some schools in which the Easter bunny has officially handed over his basket of Easter eggs to the bilby, announcing the new custom. And you can also get chocolate Easter bilbies in Australia. So if you want to know what a bilby looks like, type it in, look it up. Everything you need is on the internet. Really, honestly. Bilby is spelled B-I-L-B-Y, not to be confused with Bill Bixby. That's a whole nother concept. Bilby. It's it's like a it's like a condensed Bill Bixby, only it's not at all. I also have some more news. This is more chicken news. Former boxing champion Thomas Hitman Hearns could say his latest opponent was a tough chicken. This is Associated Press writing. Of course, I'm reading it, so what does that say about me? The seven-time world champion on Tuesday faced off in games of tic-tac-toe with a chicken named Ginger at Greektown Casino in Detroit. The casino says Hearns won a game and tied another. It's a part of the hotel's chick tac doe I'm just going to say that again because it hurts. chick tac doe Meanwhile, ducks, Easter ducks, right? Don't don't get ducklings and, and and little goslings for gifts. Just get ch- chocolate stuff. And if you prefer vegan carob, what you call it, carob's pretty good though. I used to actually go to a library in Palo Alto, California, where I lived, and I used to eat what looked like these pods off of the ground. They were actually on the parking lot, 
boys will eat anything, you know. And it tasted kind of like what I later thought to be carob, but I don't think it is. I'm a little afraid to find out. Where was I? Sorry. Boston police say a bronze duckling named Pack has been recovered after being stolen from the Make Way for Ducklings scripture. <laughs> scripture. What's on my mind? The Make Way for Ducklings sculpture in the city's public garden. Police say the sculpture was found next to a tree by residents out walking early Tuesday morning on a street corner not far from the garden. The statue is currently in the custody of the city parks department. A park ranger discovered Pack's theft early Monday. Pack is the next to last of the eight ducklings lined up behind Mrs. Mallard in the sculpture inspired by Robert McCloskey's children's book, Make Way for Ducklings. He's not the first to be stolen. Quack, Mac, and Jack have all gone missing over the years, but all were recovered or replaced. There's so much more to say, but we're almost running out of time. Good heavens and lords and things. Arwolf has walked in the door. He's ready to help us to face the music at 7 o'clock. Okay, meanwhile, a Pennsylvania 10-year-old's peanut butter cheese steak has won an Ohio company's sandwich contest. I'm not sure what the connection to Easter is or pagan rituals. This is more like a pagan ritual. This gave her a head start on college savings. Jordan Boyer of Lebanon, Pennsylvania put together chicken peppers, onions, cheese, and a peanut butter sauce to win the grand prize in the in the most creative peanut butter sandwich contest sponsored by a corporation which will remain nameless. A panel of judges in New York City picked Jordan's creation, creation, whoa, this is symbolic, for the top prize, a $25,000 college scholarship fund. And finally, the manager of Obama Fried Chicken says the New York City restaurant now plans to keep its name in spite of protests. Mohammed Jabbar said Tuesday that the owner has changed his mind about replacing the sign on the front of the Brooklyn business. He says the name was chosen as a tribute to the president, and four out of five customers support it. Activist Kevin McCall says the name is very offensive to African Americans. Another protest is planned for Saturday. The White House says the administration disapproves of using the president's name and likeness for commercial purposes and has not commented directly on the issue of racial overtones in the restaurant's name. A lot of issues around chicken and Easter and culture and Jurek, the soup from Poland, and make way for ducklings. This is all true. This has been Pandora's Lunchbox. I've been Mike for a while. I should also mention Jurek once again. It's called on Wikipedia a sour rye soup. There are different variations. Other northern Slavic nations, such as Slovakia and Czech Republic, have versions of a sour rye soup. Another variation is found in Lithuania. Anything you can do to really stuff your face is really pretty much good with me. This has been Pandora's Lunchbox, and we're going to wrap things up with a tired chicken. He's been running around, running away in the form of a statue from people who are trying to steal him. He's been playing tic-tac-toe with former boxing champs. He's been named after a restaurant, or a restaurant's been named after him. So many things to deal with as a chicken. This is Tired Chicken Blues by Cannon's Jug Stompers, and this is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Thanks for listening. I've been listening to... Tired and worried, bound 
Dr. Cannon. Play it now. Oh, play that hard, Nora. Play it, boy. Play it. When I say that, oh baby, you don't treat me right. Oh, how much? How much? The best time I have, baby, when you die, my son. How much? Play that hard, Mister Joe. Play it, play it, play it. Get right on that joke now, Joe. Oh. I'm tired of chicken, baby Lord. I'm tired of steak. Have mercy. Have mercy. I'm tired of chicken, baby. I'm tired of steak. Oh, have mercy. I had a chill last night, Wood. Now I'm too tired to shake. Have mercy. Have mercy. Play it now. Seven o'clock. This is WCBN FM, Ann Arbor, eighty-eight point three megahertz. In case you're measuring, my name is R. Wolf, and R. Wolf. And thank you, Mike. That was a delightful show. I'm always delighted to uh, get in here right after Mike Perini and Pandora's Lunchbox, particularly when the music that we play meshes as well as uh, what's about to happen um, from Cannon's Jug Stompers and the Tired Chicken Blues. Go back to 1924 with Ms. Josie Miles and a song which appears to be about a large orange cat. This is uh, Sweet Man Joe. I think the cornet solo is either by Johnny Dunn or Bubber Miley. The choice is yours. It's time to face the music. <laughs> <laughs> 